Let's take this first shot. Let's do it. Shot one. Oh my god. Shot two. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. Shot, shot three. three. See, I'll admit the third one's a little rough. I'm it was a little rough. Don't you do it. My mouth is watering. <laughs> That's the first side. This is three shots in. I'm fucking drunk. Welcome to three shots in. I'm Jake. I'm Jess. And we are a podcast bringing you dark subject matter fueled by sarcasm and three shots of liquor. That's right, three whole shots. Actually, this one we had four. Oops. We had four this time, that's true. Sometimes we have no shots, we just don't tell you that part. No, stop, Jessica. We gotta keep the facade going. Okay. <laughs> she lies, <laughs> she's such a jokester, her <laughs> silly. Well, hello everybody, thank you for joining us. This week, the topic was sports. It was sports. And I hate sports. Jacob. I fucking hate sports. I don't like watching sports. I like going to like sports games. They're fun to play. Fun to play? No, they're fun to, if you go to the stadium, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. But like people watch them on TV or like listen to them on the radio. Well, see, that kind of tells me that it's about the experience when you're in the stadium and yeah. not necessarily about the sport itself. No, it's about, you know, like how many $14 beers can I drink right. before the wife gets right. mad? Yeah. Like, how long is it going to take you to finish two 12-inch long Dodger dogs? Yeah, big old, big ass hot dogs. How long is it going to take you? Exactly. You know, like, can I eat every single jalapeno in my nachos? You know? You probably can. I probably can, but is it smart? I don't know. There's only one way to We're in the out. nosebleeds. The nearest bathroom is three floors down. Can I make it in time? <laughs> That's the real question. Anyway, sports. <laughs> Uh, clearly neither one of us talked about actual sports. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I did not. I've played, you and I both have played competitive sports, team uh -huh. sports in our lives. Yeah. I didn't enjoy my experience. Personally. I mean, I had fun hanging with my homies. I didn't click with any of the girls I played softball uh, with. Ah, uh, well, unlike you, I was naturally talented. I didn't have to try. I was just good, which was fantastic. Yeah. But God damn practice. I hated it. When I got into high school, the, like, mind you, I had literally, I, I decided I was done with baseball and was like, oh, I'm gonna play volleyball now or something, I don't know. And I did like a summer volleyball thing, fucking killed it, it was easy as shit. And the the coach who was like with us over summer was like, hey man, like we can get you on the team immediately, right now. Like you'll, you'll start like junior varsity, all this stuff, whatever. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. You know, and then he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, practice is like Monday through Friday. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. You want me to practice volleyball for like two hours a day, every day? Yeah, as no. soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm just gonna do PE. <laughs> he's like, you're just gonna do PE? Are you serious? And I was like, mm, yes. <laughs> anyway, off topic. You know what's on topic? Patrons, beautiful, sexy, incredibly hung patrons. Whoa. Yeah, anyway, our patrons, Jessica? They are mom and dad. Thank you so much, mom and dad, for supporting us our entire lives as well as Terry and Danny, Sweet Sam, TJ, Ricky, Jeremy, David, Abria, and Thomas. The support means everything to us. It means oh so much, because it means we can do awesome extra things. Of course. Which we're not gonna talk about the super secret podcast that we do. Super secret Patreon exclusive. Do you mean Three Shot Cinema? <gasps> Jess, we've I'm, been keeping this hush for months. I'm sorry. Wow, yes, I'm talking about Three Shot Cinema. Right, now that the cat's out of the bag, 
you guys can join us on Patreon and listen, I get it. $5 a month, maybe that's too much for you. We are in troubling times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, we do offer PayPal single-time donations, and those are available on threeshotsin.com, our website. That's true. Please visit. That's true. But I mean, for less than a gallon of gas for most of you, you can be supporting us. (laughs) So... Any support is appreciated, and you support us so much just by continuing to listen and by rating and subscribing. Please continue to do that. Jake, what did we take shots of today? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. We took shots of the world's best liqueur, Mm. Jägermeister. Agree to disagree. No. Is it Meister? Yeah. Because that kind of looks like an F. Jägermeister? No, it's an S. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I see it down at the bottom. Yeah. Created by Mast Jägermeister. In Wolfenbüttel, Germany. <laughs> yes. It's delicious. It's amazing. It is. I'm sure you mean. It is the creme de la creme of liqueur. Wolfenbüttel? Oh, shit. I did mean Wolfenbüttel. I know you did. Sorry. I'm sorry, Wolfenbüttel, Germany. Anyway. Jägermeister. We did take shots of Jägermeister and I hated it because no. as you all know, I hate, 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 hate black licorice and its flavorings of all different kinds and platforms. No, you got to get those black licorice coins with a hint of salt. Delicious. Hideous. Awful. Mm-mm. Barfable. I even have black licorice flavored gum. Disgusting. It's amazing. Awful and hideous and terrible. Well, Jessica, maybe that's why you're so ugly because you don't eat enough black licorice. I doubt it. I it has doubt like it. antioxidants or something, I'm sure. Don't think that's the truth. I think it does. My hair is very thick. What about yours? Also thick. <laughs> also very thick, Jessica. <laughs> Anyway, we are drinking, well, not you anymore, but we were. We were. Originally both drinking ranch water. Yeah. Lone River. Lone River ranch water. It's delicious. I fucking love it. I love it. It's it's the best store-bought ranch water. And I had no opinion. idea that ranch water is actually a cocktail. It is. You can make it at home. Mm-hmm. Tequila. What are, the, what are the ingredients again? Tequila, club soda. If you want it, lime. And if you need it, simple syrup. Very easy to make. Just stir it all up, go to town. So simple. I am a big fan. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. I finished mine, though. So now I'm drinking a Vizzy. Vizzy Hard Seltzer. What flavor? Hint of blueberry pomegranate with antioxidant vitamin C. There's a different kind of berry on it. What? You don't know what kind of berry that is? Blueberry and pomegranate. Pomegranate. There we go. Sorry. I said I that. I didn't hear that as Def. well. Deaf. Whatever. Deaf and do you feel, dumb. Do you feel antioxidized? I do. You know what? Like, I'm only like three sips in on this drink, but like, wow, I didn't realize how unhealthy I was. Until you were oxidized antily? Four sips, and wow, I can feel it just cleansing. That's awesome. My cells. Would you like to spin the wheel, Jake? Jessica, updates. Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot 10 words or less. Why don't you start? Okay, here we go. Something not chill happened in apartment long ago and recently. Interesting. Yes. What is this thing that happened that wasn't chill? So in mine and Danny's apartment, Mm -hmm. okay, we have an entertainment center, right? It's got two like very tall cabinets. Right. And then like a middle thing in the middle that uh, we put the TV on. I'm sorry. You did you say the middle thing was a middle middle? thing is in the middle. Yes. Okay. Okay. I know we could have put it on either side. We chose the middle. Um, (laughs) so in these cabinets, right now, hold on, hold on. Before, before we talk about what's in the cabinets, we're going to talk about 
where these cabinets, where this entertainment center is placed. We took measurements from the edge of the wall to the edge of the other wall, and according to my measurement, our entertainment center should fit by like half a centimeter at most, right? So we tried to put it in and we couldn't. So we actually said like, you know, fuck our deposit. Who cares? Who gives a shit? It was a $200 non-refundable, like screw you apartment company. If it's non-refundable anyway, it was non-refundable. You have zero motivation to keep that apartment in pristine condition. So we completely ripped and removed all of the baseboard that goes along that part of the the wall. Mm -hmm. And so the entertainment center just squeezed in like a glove and it's, but it's very, very sturdy in there. Like, I mean, I can, I can literally try to shake the cabinet and nothing moves because it is so secure in there, right? So inside of one of the cabinets, I have, I don't know if you've ever heard of these things called fig pins. I've never heard of that. So they're these like cool little, like, like nerdy, like pins. They are in fact pins. You pin it's pins. Pin you can you yourself. can pin them on like your clothes or something. I'm okay. sure. Okay. But and built in on the pins is like a little stand, so you can like stand them up. Okay. And I have a really I have an extra large um, kingpin from the Spider-Man cartoon movie. What was that called? Spider-Man into the Spider-verse. into the Spider Verse. Yes, and I have a very large Master Chief. Okay, from Halo. And so we have them in our cabinet. And a while ago. I was sitting down on the couch and I looked up and I noticed, huh, that's odd. Both of these very large, very off balance fig pins are turned completely sideways, where normally I can see them when I'm sitting on the couch and I could not see them because they were sideways. Oh. And so I got up and I moved them back into the regular position um, and Danny was all creeped out like, oh my God, what could have done that? And I was like, obviously a demon, Danny, geez, chill. (laughs) No big deal, all right? Um, but then also recently it happened again. With the same figures? The exact same figures. Ew. Removed, positioned sideways. Like almost at a perfect like 90 degree angle from where they were originally facing. Without falling over. Mm-hmm. Gross. Which like I said, you can barely move them without them falling. Like getting them to stand up is like a feat. So getting them to face a completely different direction without them falling over is difficult. It's very difficult. I don't think your children could do it. I think they'd fuck it up. Okay. But this demon is smarter than children, apparently. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So totally not chill. Happened before, happened again. We'll see if it happens a third time. We'll see. And keep us updated. I will. But I'll let you know this. Thrice is too many. Did it happen three times? I don't know. It happened twice. So if but it happens a third if time. If it happens a third time, that would be thrice. Then you're moving. No. I would have to buy a Ouija board. <laughs> and I would have to talk to this demon and be like, hey, man, stop moving my pins. And I'm assuming absolutely nothing bad would come from that. You assume that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I do hear that that works out really well for everybody else who tries it, so. Mm-hmm. I'm not <laughs> buying a Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, my update, 10 words or less, I did have someone who listens and is a patron reach out to me and explain delicately and with sensitivity that. I'm sure. Uh, I have been cheating unfairly. You have been cheating and, unfairly. And that, and that they pay my salary. So <laughs> I should be using 10 words or less, like I say, rather than according to them, not according to me, because I haven't broken any rules, in my opinion. You have. Using 11 to 12 words instead of 10. Yes. I don't think that's that big of a deal, but whatever. I think it is. I think you're a cheater. Sure. Whatever. Anyway, anyway. 10 words or less. 10 Almost. Or less got the children 
to watch Alien, chickened out shadow. Chickened out shadow. Yeah. It's, I'm trying to explain two things, but one of them was the first thing I chose to explain, and then I ran out of words. Did they see a shadow and they got chickened out? No. Okay. Well, Jessica, you tried to horrify your children, <laughs> terrorize, and traumatize. No. In fact, I didn't try to. They came to me. They know I'm an alien fan. Right. I talk about it all the time. I love it. Who doesn't love a good old xenomorph? I love a xenomorph. Love a good one, especially. Mm -hmm. And so they reached out to me, my children, and they said that they really want to watch it. I explained that I didn't think they were ready. How old are your children? Eight and five. Perfect age. The five-year-old was ecstatic. The eight-year-old was the one who chickened out. That makes sense. He is the more wise of the two. Yes. Um, and so we ended up watching the Wild West version of Back to the Future. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. You watched Back to the Future 3 instead. Instead of Alien, yes. Okay. My five-year-old is still adamant that he can handle it and would love to watch Alien. And I'm probably going to test that, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> He'll come to forgive me. I know. Yeah, in a decade or two. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, And then the shadow part. So the other night I had that feeling again, you know, that little spooky feeling you get sometimes. Oh, yeah. Where you're like, ooh, I need to be careful turning my back to this area of the room. And it's like a big one. So you don't know really know what's going on. Sure. Or even where to look, you know, for the danger Mm -hmm. that you, you get the sense is present. Right. I had that feeling and I was making my bed and arranging and straightening my blankets. Sure. It was dark. It was nighttime. But I'm one of those people that needs to have the blankets fixed before I lay down. Otherwise, everything's ruined for me and I won't sleep. Okay. Anyway, I had to do that. So I turned around and behind me, right behind me, was this child-sized solid shadow. And I almost jumped out of my skin before I realized it was my laundry hamper. (laughs) Wow. Right. Yeah, that happened. See, I would have swung. (laughs) I would have tried to punch the shit out of that shadow. Realistically, it wasn't like jumping out of my skin. I probably like did that thing where like you shake for a split second. You know, you're like, oh, God, thinking you need to defend yourself. And then once that split second is over, you're like, oh, it's that thing. I'm not in danger. (laughs) No danger present. No. Yeah. It's like when you like without thinking, you hang like a towel on your door to dry, Mm -hmm. like the corner of your door. And then you wake up in the middle of the night and think someone's standing there watching you, but it's really just your extra big towel. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like that. Yeah. But it was child size. It was child size. The hampers get you. I was safe. I didn't think I was at first, you know? It was just clothes. It was just clothes. Just cotton and polyester. It was. All balled up together. Some of it was rayon. Rayon? I was still safe. What the fuck is rayon? Another artificial fiber. That sounds like it's really cheap. I think so. Oh, well, I wouldn't own it then. It's like polyester. I wouldn't. I don't even own any polyester. You're wearing it right now, actually. No, I'm not. You are. But for now, Jessica, please, please, please spin the wheel. Okay. Okay, you were supposed to be like, hey, Jake, like, you can spin the wheel. And then I was going to spin it, but you didn't even do that. You just did it. Well, I had offered it to you the first time, and you were like, no, you stupid bitch. Do your updates. Anyway, Jessica, again, this is a wheel filled with nothing but send-ins. So here we go. Oh, that's exciting. You own a duck. Why? I'm sorry. Did you say duck or ducked? Uh, duck. Like a duck. Like the animal. 
Like a flying build. Like a, like a mallard. A bird. Yeah. Okay. You own a duck. Why? Why do you own a duck? So my immediate thought, right? Okay. okay. Why would I ever want to own a duck? Sure. I don't like ducks. Mm-hmm. Right? I've never even eaten a duck. I, I don't like them. Right? Don't like ducks. But I would own a duck if I bought some really sketchy land, right? And they're like, hey, you can have all of this land for like this really low price. There may or may not be landmines on the land, right? Oh. I'd be like, okay. You would send cool. the duck out into no, the mines? No, he'd be, no, 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 Jessica, I wouldn't just send him out. He would be my mine sniffer. You would train him to smell them out? Yes. You ever play that game Minesweeper? Never. Just kidding, yes. Of, of course. course you have. Obviously. Well, instead of a mouse cursor, it's a duck. And he's going and he's sweeping the minefield for me. That's why I would own a duck. Is this a historical reference? Did they used to use ducks to find landmines? Doubtful. They'd probably be terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds unreasonable. This sounds unachievable. It said that I own a duck and why? This is why. Okay. It is to clear my land of mines. All right. Jeez. I mean, I feel like that could easily be mitigated. You could just not buy land with mines on it. Well, what if I want to buy land in, I don't know, Korea? North Korea? Yeah. No. South, the, the border of North and South <laughs> Korea. What if I want to buy land there? And there's mines on it. Yeah. What if I want to buy land in, in the Middle East? A minefield in the Middle East? It happens. Does there it? Are, there are still mines that are active in fucking no man's land. Wow. From World War One. Is that so, what, that's where you're going to buy your well, land? Well, it's cheap, Jessica. I can't be picky. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a duck now. I've got a special duck. Okay. Equipped to right. handle the mines. Right. Okay. Um, well, see, I think ducklings are adorable. I think it'd be super cute to get a duck on my property to swim around in my ponds. You got ponds? Mm-hmm. With its babies, following it around in an adorable fluffy train. So you own a duck that is just gonna breed and form a whole population of ducks that live in your ponds. Yes, and then all the bugs around my ponds will have been eaten because it isn't strong enough to catch the giant fish I have placed inside of these ponds. Oh, they're really big? Really big. Like the extra large koi? Yeah, not koi, but something tastier than that, yeah. Oh, like halibut? I really don't know. I actually know nothing about uh, fishing. All I know is that koi are pretty to look at, but I only ever see them in like really gross, green, dirty looking water ponds. And I don't want to eat them. You don't want that? No. You want salmon? Mm, it doesn't have to be that. Or tilapia? Maybe. I don't know. Catfish? Not sure. Catfish is delicious. Okay. I know I like a good blackened catfish. Mm-hmm. I mm -hmm. had that one time. You ever eat swordfish? No. It's fucking delicious. Maybe I'll put swordfish in my ponds. I think that would be dope. I don't know that how many I could actually fit in a pond, though. I wonder how sharp their sword noses actually are. <laughs> could it pierce me? I don't know. Not sure. Maybe I could get some marlins. Maybe I'll have my own private lake or something in the future. Maybe this podcast gets really uh, popular. And I can not only buy marlins, but I can insure for myself that I can go marlin fishing without having to worry about bug bites because of my duck. Maybe. Um, I believe we've both... Answered our wheel. Oh shit! Yeah, we did. Okay. So now it's uh, we got off topic. We Just really did. Yeah, it happens. It's okay. It happens. Ducks, yeah. right? I know. Jessica, yes. you're up for sports, balls, um, competition, uh, camaraderie, fans, right? That's that's what you're talking about. Some no. sort of some sort of like sport. No, no. Like big fan, maybe like a cup. Zero balls. 
No Zero cups. cups. No cups or balls. Not even, okay. That's okay. It. That's it. So what, what are you talking about then? Well, see, when I heard sports, I thought doing things for sport, meaning for the fun of it. Oh, okay. And then I discovered a man who hunted people for the fun of it. Like on Tinder? No. Like he hunted some strange? No. He wasn't interested necessarily in Poonani alone. Uh-huh. He was interested in finding women and killing them for sport. His name was Robert Christian Hansen. Chris Hansen was the host, Jessica, of all of the Bachelor shows. I mean, I, I don't think he has any relation to him, but who? how would that I know? That name is very similar. Maybe. Maybe they are. He was born February 15th, 1939 in Esterville, Iowa, and he murdered between 17 and 21 women in the 70s and early 80s around Anchorage, Alaska. I don't know where that is. It's Alaska. Uh-huh. It's in Anchorage. <laughs> Thanks. Now, Hansen, he was born to Christian Hansen, his father, and Edna Hansen, his mother. His father was a Dutch baker, an immigrant. Throughout his childhood and his adolescence, Hansen was described as very unimposing, very skinny, quiet, a loner, and he had a very horrible relationship with his father, who, as he explained later on, was very domineering. He worked very long hours at their bakery. He was frequently bullied at school as well, usually for his acne that never seemed to clear up, as well as for his very severe stutter. He claimed that his stutter was made worse by his parents forcing him to write right-handed even though he was left-handed. Oh. You know, one of those households. Mm -hmm. The superstitious kind. Rough stuff. Yeah, sounds like it. Mm-hmm. I don't, know, I don't know that I would be murdering women afterwards, but sounds rough. Well, hold on. Because all of the things I just listed were extremely unhelpful when it came to his game with the ladies. Right. With the ladies. His game, not so good. Not so good. You try to use those fingers with the right hand and you're left-handed? Mm, mistake. Yep. He was not so popular with them. In 1957, Hansen enlisted in the U.S. Army Reserve... He served for a year before he was discharged, moved oh. to Pocahontas, Iowa. He was discharged? He was discharged, yes, after a year. I don't really know hmm. how the reserve works. But anyway, he ended up in Pocahontas, Iowa. He worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy. Interesting. I didn't know they had drill instructors, but it, I mean, I guess he was one, so they must exist. And it was here in Pocahontas that he married his very first wife in the summer of 1960. However, December 7th, of that very same year. Oh no. Allegedly, he enlisted the help of a young employee from his father's bakery to burn down a school bus garage. Whoa. Weird. Where did that come from? Why? Strange. Um, not sure of the reason, but the kid whose help he enlisted, he must have been very guilty. <coughs> I'm choking on my busy. <coughs> the antioxidants. <laughs> Oh no, the <laughs> antioxidation has hit you. It's too hard to swallow. <laughs> <coughs> we'll be right back. Now the youth whose help he enlisted to set fire to the school bus garage. Right. He must have been much more moralistic because he turned himself in to the cops. 
What a pussy. And in so doing, he also turned Robert Hansen in as well. Damn. Right. So Robert served in prison for a little over a year and a half. His new young wife, of course, not on board. So she filed for divorce. Only been married for like six months or so anyway. Yeah. He Wait, he was serving how long? Like a year and a half. It okay. was a three-year sentence, but he served like 20 months. Okay, so just under two years. Okay. And it was just too long for her, you know? She opted Unlike out. his rod, probably. He was paroled despite being assessed to have an infantile personality. Infantile? Yes. I don't know if that's still an official term now, but at the time, it apparently meant that he had a tendency to obsess about getting even. Interesting. Okay. Right. Retaliation, that sort of thing. Sure. In 1963, but not very long after he got out of prison, maybe a few months, he remarried. Okay. In the first few years of this marriage, he was jailed several times for petty theft. Mm. Right. In 1967, he and the new wife moved to Anchorage, Alaska. Interesting. Yes. He was well-liked by his neighbors there. Very okay. well-liked. In fact, he acquired a bit of fame. Oh. Yes. He was famous in Anchorage. He was. He was a very talented hunter, you see. Mm. A local hunting champion, even. Whoa. And he broke several records documented in the Pope and Young's Book of World Hunting Records. Did he kill, like, the world's largest moose? Four of some record-breaking animal, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, around this time, there was an oil boom in Anchorage. So a portion of the town kind of turned into the Wild West. It's out in the middle of nowhere. They were doing pretty great money-wise for being in the middle of nowhere. So Anchorage, and this is according to the article I read, had an extremely rough tenderloin district. I've never heard that term before. I had no idea what it meant, but I think they mean red light district. I'm really not sure. Anyway, so largely this area was run by a Seattle mafia boss whose name was Frank Colacurio. It was a fairly large district that centered around 4th Avenue of this area, and it kind of just was above the law in this way. It was like a no-go zone. So young women were lured there by promises of making a lot of money dancing in clubs, young, beautiful women. And these clubs had names like Wild Cherry, Arctic Fox, Booby Trap, and the Great Alaskan Bush Company. Bush. Yes. Um, the Great Alaskan Bush Company, it's changed locations, but it, it is still there. As the population and the disposable income for its residents skyrocketed, uh, the bigger clubs were, you know, off the books, skimming some cash off the top. So between the clubs were, you know, peep shows and magazine stands and what have you, child pornography rumors, that kind of thing. Oh, shit. Right. Another part of that was violence. There were beatings and armed robberies, fire bombs and murders. Police were kept very busy. Yes. Between 1979 and 1983, police responded to 207 different disturbances at the booby trap alone. An ideal setting if you're a serial killer. Oh. Bob Hansen found all the victims he could possibly want. The strippers. Exactly. Strippers and prostitutes. Women who for $300 would go about anywhere with him. Oh. Yes. So from his looks, women apparently felt that they had absolutely no reason to fear him. He was previously described as very unimposing, skinny. Uh, In fact... He looks weak. Right. One, we later found, rape victim 
reported that he was, quote, sort of like the perfect dork. Okay. However, once they got into his truck or car, his true nature was revealed. So it seems like his crime streak kind of, like he was involved in sort of petty crime before that. There was an arson charge, that's true. Arson? Yeah, remember okay. the, the school bus garage. Oh, I forgot that's considered arson. Okay. It is, yeah. Um, as far as Anchorage goes, it seemed to have started with, you know, raping local strippers and prostitutes, getting really violent with them, and then refusing to pay them. Most huh. of the rapes weren't reported. Right. And then even when he was positively identified by his victims, his respectable facade won over the prostitute's version of the story, at least according to what I read. It's nothing but he said, she said. Right. And she's a prostitute. Mm -hmm. It's wrong. Right. It's wrong. Exactly. So he did eventually get arrested for two sexual assaults. I didn't realize or I didn't read about any charges necessarily at this point, but a case was beginning to build up against him at that point. And we'll get back to that later. Now, something strange happened in 1977. Okay. He'd stolen a chainsaw. Interesting. Yes. Not really sure what that was about. Couldn't find it anywhere. But it did lead to a psychiatric evaluation and several reports that brought to light some dangerous red flags. Okay. Some of the psychological experts who evaluated him stated that he was dangerous to society. Apparently, that didn't mean a whole lot, though. Okay. Not in Anchorage. Not in Anchorage, sure. It led only to him serving one year out of five. He was ordered to stay on a lithium program to control mood swings from a diagnosed bipolar affective disorder. However, that order was never enforced. Not in prison or out. Interesting. Yes. I mean, lithium's a serious drug. Sounds like it. Lithium will fuck you up. Yeah. But it's specifically for bipolar. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense? Sure. But this man does not seem very bipolar currently. I wouldn't know. January 1981. Okay. He opened a bakery following in his father's footsteps, if you recall. Sure. He opened it at 9th and Ingra, used a $13,000 uh, insurance settlement that he apparently acquired from a staged burglary of his home. He staged it. He did stage it. They were able to prove it. And in fact, he claimed that all the stolen wildlife trophies that he had mysteriously lost had also been mysteriously found in his backyard. Oh. Whoops. Now, the first indication of a killer at large came in 1980. Construction workers unearthed a woman's remains. Um, she had apparently been stabbed to death probably a couple years or a year or maybe two before they found her. She was never like solidly positively identified. Um, but, that sucks. Right. And later that year, the corpse of one Joanna Messina was found in a gravel pit near Seward, and a special task force was organized to probe the killings. <laughs> probe. Uh -huh, probe. There was also a stripper named Sherry Morrow who had been dead for 10 months, or at least missing for 10 months, until, that is, hunters found her body in a shallow grave beside the Nick River. Now, this point in the story, they really have no idea that these are related but they're starting to put together that maybe they are. Maybe they have a serial killer on their hands. Maybe, but you would think, mind you, I guess I don't know for a fact, but if I had to guess, I would imagine that, you know, the Yukon, the forest up in Anchorage, Alaska, uh -huh. is full of predators. Yes. And I would imagine that if I were to kill a person and leave their body out for the elements 
to do what they will, that that body will be gone and an animal will have taken it. Maybe, but that's, I guess it depends on your form of killing. I mean, I, I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like it would be fairly easy to tell whether or not they were killed by a knife or a gun. Right, right. But if that body was torn to utter pieces by, you know, bears or something. Sure. The hunters who discovered her body, the remains of topless dancer Sherry Morrow, passed it on to authorities investigating the other murders I mentioned. But I guess at this point, there was, I don't know, the possibility was on the table that it was a serial killer. After two bodies? But three. Okay. But it was more like they could have also been coincidentally found around the same time. I feel like if I was a murderer, Mm -hmm. I would go to somewhere remote like, you know, Anchorage, Alaska or something. Right. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make sense to immediately jump to serial killer, though. And they didn't. It was just one of the possibilities. So in January 1982, Robert Hansen bought a small plane. Okay. This is where the hunting is thought to come in. It is believed that he would pick women up on 4th Avenue. That's the center of this sort of like Wild West, crime-infested sort of district. He would pick them up there in his car, handcuff them or tie them up at gunpoint, and then fly them out to a remote sandbar along the Nick River. And then he would take them to a cabin he had out there. Eventually, he would release them. He would stalk them and hunt them down with either a hunting rifle or a 223 caliber Ruger Mini-14 rifle. Okay. According to one of the articles I read, at some point after his arrest, because he does inevitably get found out, he explained the murder of one Paula Golding. After raping and torturing her, Hansen opened the cabin door, because he'd already flown her out, and he allowed her to run away. After a few moments, he ran off after her, grabbing his rifle, And I guess at this point in recounting this experience, he was talking very excitedly that she'd run across some rather sharp rocks and she had cut her feet really badly, that it had slowed her down enough that she decided to hide in some bushes. He spotted her, called her out by name, and when she realized she'd been spotted, she took off running, but she had chosen to run into open ground. Mm, Not wise when someone's pointing a rifle at you. Right. So, allegedly, this is the exact place she was buried. Oh, he buried her right where he killed her. Right. Okay. Not sure how true that is, but that's what I saw. That's what I read. Um, He'd made in... Robert Hansen had made an aviation chart where he marked many locations where he'd buried his victims. The Nick River was his very favorite. There were a lot around there. It was very close to town, yet it was remote, and it had hundreds of sandbars that were perfect places for him to land his plane. So in 1983, with this, you know, super tight plane setup, you know, sure, with his cabin in a remote place, yeah, he started what he called his summer project. Oh. It involved, first, sending his wife and two children off on a European vacation. Okay. They must have been very excited. Sure. After they were gone, he ran ads in a local singles newspaper seeking women to, quote, join me in finding what's around the next bend over the next hill. And he got responses. I'm sure. That very June, he picked up an 18-year-old prostitute by the name of Cindy Paulson. It's difficult to say for sure. There was a lot of contradicting sort of like information on what happened to her. But it does seem that the two of them agreed on oral sex for $200 in his car. That is very expensive oral sex. 
Just saying. She must have been super cute. $200. That's, That's what a lot they, of money. That is what they agreed on. Mm. It was never paid. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point in the car, he held her at gunpoint, he cuffed her, and he drove her to his house. Okay. Drove her to his house or he flew her to his house? Drove. His cabin. He drove her to his home. Okay. His family's home. He took her down to the basement. So Cindy Paulson reported later on to the cops and stuff what she had seen in his basement. Okay. He was an avid hunter. So in the den of his home, his walls were loaded with mounts from his legitimate hunts, prize-winning animals, all that kind of thing. Right. But in his basement was where he kept his human trophies. He kept human trophies? And his family had no idea. So- What kind of trophies? Um, mostly jewelry, but there were some body parts. I guess those were kept a little more discreet. Now, Cindy, she had been handcuffed by him, like I said, at gunpoint after their exchange in the car, driven to his house, and he took her straight down to the basement. Right. Once she got there, he had chained her by her neck in the basement and proceeded to rape and torture her for the rest of that night. Jesus. The next day, he told her that they were going to the airport. That is where his plane was. Sure. Um, Apparently, he reassured her and this, this is based off of an interview of her, of how things went. She said he reassured her not to worry that he'd taken seven women out there before. Seven. Seven. Okay. Kept them no longer than a week. He reassured Great. that she, he would make, he would take her out to the cabin. He would make love to her only one time and they'd be back that same night by 11. She said she knew for a fact if she went out to that cabin, she'd die. Right. So she said, I was just going to wait for an opportunity to run. I hadn't seen one yet, hoping I would get one before we left. Um, And I just pretended like I was down until we got to the airport. Okay. Once they got to the airport, I guess in the process of trying to load the plane from the car, he wasn't watching her too closely. She was able to flee. So she ran from where he was and the car to a nearby highway, and she was able to flag down a trucker. Mm. She was handcuffed, she was all disheveled, dirty, barefoot, and this trucker picked her up, and she insisted that he drop her off at a nearby motel, which he did. But he had heard her story, and thankfully, he went to the local police, and he told them what he heard. Told them exactly where she was, they were able to find her and get her story. Um, So, like I said, they had been kind of building an investigation against him. He'd already been convicted of, or not convicted, I'm sorry, but like, been suspected of two sexual assaults, so it was in his record. They're building a case against him. So the investigation of the disappearing women had now brought him into like super sharp focus, especially with her like testimony on what she experienced. I guess it was kind of hampered. Hampered? Hampered. So what does his that mean? his reputation in the community carried a lot more weight than they thought. Okay. Um there was like a turning point in the case in September of 1983. They really thought they were going to be able to get him because one of his rape victims had agreed to testify against him in court. Ah. I mean, at least not in this case. That's not something they were really able to get. Not from strippers and prostitutes in this sort of circumstance. Okay. They just weren't willing to cooperate except for these two ladies. So... The police hoped that by tying this case in with all the others they suspected him suspected him of, that they could at least put him away for a few years. So one of the officers of the local area took his information on the case and uh, sent it to state troopers. And while they were in the process of drawing up warrants for his property, the assistant DA from Fairbanks, which was a completely different town, 
just showed up and told them they had to stop. Ah. So it, it it's not for sure, but it's thought that Hansen, They were in the same hunting club? He, yeah, he was able to call in some sort of favor. And this assistant DA showed up and came through for him in some personal way. Uh, and he was released from custody, but thankfully that did not last. They were able to find loads of evidence against him. They searched his property, his car, his plane, his cabin. They found his trophies. They even found that he was willing to take them to all the places he could remember actually burying someone. Okay. He didn't confess to as many as he suspected of killing. He showed them like 11 graves. And how this story ends up ending is that he's convicted of only four. Oof. But he got 400 pushing 500 years in prison with no opportunity for parole. So odds are he, he's going to die there. His sentence really wouldn't have been that different. Either way, he would have died in prison. So he opted for kind of like a plea bargain in that way in order to avoid avoid like seven different trials. So he was sentenced. He died in prison at the age of 75. Huh. I feel like at that point, who the fuck cares? Like, you're already caught. You're fucked anyway. <laughs> right. You know what? Like, you might as well go down as like, like an really, extremely successful Really spell going. it out for people. Yeah. Like, I, I'm guilty of this much type yeah. of thing. Might I as guess, well. I guess he didn't. Um, and uh, of hunting human prey, he's quoted saying, it was like going after a trophy doll sheep or grizzly bear. Um, and it ended up being largely his trophy collection in his basement that resulted in his successful conviction. Yeah, Name, that adds up. Namely, he had one necklace from one of his victims. It was a custom-made necklace with fish on it. Wow. He full-on hunted, ladies. Did, did they say how much he was? How many he was suspected of hunting for sport? It's anywhere, I think, from 17 to 21. Damn. Because a lot of women went missing, and they're possible remains, but they're not even sure. Um, it's just the timeline and then remains that were found in areas where his victims were, that type of thing. But he never actually confessed to all of those. You know what's brutal, too? Mm. If he was using the rifle, that means more than likely that bullet hit that woman, went completely through. And so the trauma didn't kill her. It was bleeding out that did. Uh, no, he also, this was not something in my notes, but he also hunted them with hunting knives. Oh, so he, he ended it. A lot. Well, the original remains that were found by the construction workers very early on was found to have been stabbed to death. Brutal. The remains were so decayed. I'm assuming what they found was slash marks on bones. She could she could have been shot, and it just didn't leave marks on her bones. I really don't know how that works. But stabbing was another thing that was on the table for him. Yeah, that's fucked. I know. Wow, way yep. to bring us down. <laughs> Here I was, ready to have fun for sports, and uh, you talk about hunting women for sport. Wow, it still counts. Wow, pretty crazy though. He died yeah, in no he shit. died in 2014. Oh my god. I was in my junior year of high school. <laughs> I was 23. Yeah, yeah. You were post-baby? Yes. Ryan was a year at that point, and Dean would be born two years after. Anyway, Jessica, great. Great story. Um, I realized I may have um, fudged a little bit at the beginning there. How? Just a quick little, just a small little fudge. Um, I said that Chris Hansen um, was the host of The Bachelor shows. But did you mean he was the host of Dateline? Yeah, Chris Harrison <laughs> was the host of The Bachelor shows. Chris Hansen was the Dateline. That was the, mm, you're talking to little kiddos right. guy. Right, yeah, that's the impression I was under, but I also never watched The Bachelor shows, so I had no I had no leg to stand on. Yeah, that, that's Chris Harrison. 
Uh, which he was fired because apparently he's racist or something. I don't I don't really know. I don't follow. Right. I just drunkenly watch every now and then when Danny's watching it. <laughs> so, but yeah. Wow. Brutal. Brutal. Super. Anchorage, Alaska. Could you even imagine? Like, hey, run out into the tundra. I'll chase you with my rifle in a few minutes after not feeding you and raping you for days. Yeah. I mean, the whole, like, how far could you really get? You really couldn't. And that's that's another thing that's like. Wouldn't you just like jump in the river? And just hope that you freeze to death. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I really don't. Like, he's setting you up for failure. Yeah. It's just a thrill for him at this point. It's not about being fair. Gross. I know. So gross. We need to go on break. I have gross things to tell you. But, oh, uh, we need to go on break. I also okay. got to pee. I'm going to go grab some crackers. Crackers? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna crack open this drink. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, uh, you got me. You got me a a truly raspberry lime hard seltzer. How is it? Let's see. Ugh. (laughs) Fuck me. That is gross. Jessica. Yeah. So I was on Reddit. Okay. And I followed this account called R slash Morbid Reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And they they do a lot of like death and shit and all sorts of terrible things. OK. Um, but this one I uh, I thought was really funny now in obviously a dark way, but she sure. was really funny. So okay. said in 2000, the year 2000, the body of Mary Lou Morris was found in her burned out car. So someone lit her car oh, on wow. fire and her body was found inside. Damn. Three days later, the body of Mary McGinnis Morris was found in her burned out car. Um, both murders remain unsolved. There's there's no, this is cold cases, right? No idea who was but responsible. The, uh, the belief is that a hitman was hired to kill Mary Morris and he killed the wrong one. And so then he went and killed the right one. Oh my God. <laughs> what yeah. an idiot. Yeah, it says it believed that the hitman killed the wrong Mary and then tried to fix it. Makes me think of the Suicide Squad. That would be a Suicide Squad type of thing. Like, oh shit, I killed the wrong Mary Morris. Oops. I need to go kill another one. <laughs> My <laughs> yeah. God. Right? Isn't that kind of terrible? <laughs> you go down in history as the wrong Mary Morris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Both cold cases though, so clearly he knows what he's doing, the hitman. Good for him. Not so much, but yeah, okay. You did it. He, twice. Can you believe? Believe what? Um, so recently you posted a reel of me taking a shot to an English reiteration of of whatever the fuck. Edith Plath. Yeah. Non. It's no regrets. Yes. But in French, you, you posted a reel. It's the English version. So it's no regrets. uh, No regrets. Yeah. And it's hilarious. It is. You know, I'm in pain in, in a lot of pain. It was, if you recall, that was a 99 bananas shot. Extremely miserable, yeah. That I took mid-recording. It was painful. It hurt. I remember that. But did you know that that video was blocked in six countries? No. Six countries blocked that reel. Is it because you take a shot of alcohol? Probably. You filthy sinner. Sinner. Well, it's five countries in one city, but. A city? One city. What, What places blocked it? Hong Kong. Okay. Indonesia. Oh. Which... Um, I saw the Raid Redemption. Why are you blocking me taking a shot, but you're not blocking that movie from being made? Maybe that okay. movie wasn't super popular in Indonesia. Jeez. Anyway, South Korea. 
I thought you were the cool Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Here you are blocking me. All right. Malaysia. Okay. Malaysia. I don't even know where you are. It's understandable. But you know what? I hate you now. <laughs> Singapore. Uh, you guys are supposed to be cool. It's supposed to be tight. Pirates and rum and shit, right? Singapore. Mm. Thailand is the final country. Wow. How dare you, Thailand? They don't want anything to do. You with were them. on my list of countries that I was going to flee to if I, thought you I were, committed crimes. I thought you were going to flee to... Um, Belize. Belize. Yes. You best Belize it. I might. Ew. But also Thailand is on the list. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. Fuck you. Because they don't want you to drink. They don't want me to drink. Visibly. Yeah, what the hell, Thailand? You ever get those, like, HPV shots? I mean, I don't know. I had shots as a kid. The HPV HPV vaccine shots? I don't know. I don't think you did. Mom made me get them. Maybe I have them right now. She didn't make Justine get them. Maybe I have HPV as we speak. Maybe. Human papilloma virus. Human papilloma virus. Yeah. Mom made me go. Dr. Zito gave me you all three shots. You remember the name of your pediatrician? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. You remember the name of the first Asian woman to stick a finger up your butt. Okay. You shit blood for like a week and your doctor's like, I need to stick my finger up your ass. Okay. I was like 16. I was traumatized. They were like, you can, you can choose the male doctor if you want. And I was like, are you kidding me? This guy's a fucking rock. He was so fucking like, he was fucking like yoked. I'm like, I don't want his thick ass sausages up my ass. (laughs) What the hell? Zito can do it. (laughs) The Asian woman was the way to go. Absolutely. That was a good call. God. Sports. You got all sorts of sports. You like sports, Jessica? You big fan of sports? No, I'm not a sports fan. No, 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 not me. No, I don't much like sports myself. You know, you got the you got the sports that you play in like teams. Sure. You got the sports that are kind of like a solo thing. You Mm -hmm. know, like swimming, right, or or something like that. You got water sports. Horse sports. Not to do with swimming, of course. Horse sports. Yeah, there's a lot of those I hear. Yeah, I heard there's like horse water sports or something. Water horse. Wow. Yeah, but you know what else I heard? What'd you hear? You know who loves sports? Who loves sports? Our sponsors. <laughs> we would like to thank Tilted Tinker, Woodcraft and Wizardry. Tilted Tinker is a company that makes woodcraft products. They make plaques with all sorts of, of hilarious sayings. Lots of sarcasm and underhanded insults. All of that dry humor is mixed in with Dungeons and Dragons accessories. That's right. And Everything is assembled by hand, all here in the United States. Made in the USA, and it is family owned. They are close friends of ours. That's the most I'll say. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. But they are fantastic, and we do love their products. We own many of them. I have personally purchased several items. Oh, yeah. When I get drunk, I buy a lot of their shit. It's pretty great. You can visit their website at TiltedTinker.com. You can reach out to them at info at TiltedTinker.com. They are Tilted Tinker on all their social medias. Nice. You should go and you should buy something, listener, from their website because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. And they love us just like we love you. And the better these ads do, the better it is for us as well. That's right. We're not receiving payment in money per se, but in actual favors. No, no. And, and I want no, we're more. Not, we're not I getting, want more of them. That's not what we're getting. We're, yes. We don't get those. Yeah, they tinker with something, all right. 
Jacob, are you in the know? I mean, I'm in the know, but I'm also in the No Republic. That's right. We are sponsored by the No Republic. They are a clothing brand who gives 20% of all proceeds to mental health awareness and suicide prevention in specifically high schools and colleges all around the United States. I didn't know that. Their clothing is unique and everything is done in-house. I heard that they ventured with a third party and that third party didn't work out. So now, that's right, everything is crafted by hand, shipped with love and care. Yeah, they're an awesome company. They always give back. And you can go on their website, The No Republic. Again, that's with a K. TheNoRepublic.com. Great customer service, too. I reached out to them with a problem and they got back to me right away. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Normally people take like, you know, like within 24 hours, but how soon did they get back? Four hours. Whoa. So I had no idea. And that makes sense. There's a Mexican like superstition. Okay. That owls are witches. Owls are witches. Yeah. You ever seen an owl fly? Yeah. Like in person? Yeah. It looks fake as shit. It was beautiful. I understand that. I understand. You know, like the whole conspiracy that like birds are fake. Mm -hmm. It's because of owls. Almost guaranteed. Hands down. Owls look fake. Maybe so. So in Mexico, they believe owls are witches. Mm -hmm. That they're a bad omen or they're bad spirits or uh, whatever it is. They're not good. Sure. And so I found this video online. An owl showed up in a church of all places. (gasps) I know. Showed up in this church. And so the church choir decided to start singing gospel gospel songs in order to, to, get, it, away in the order owl. to get it to leave. Mm-hmm. And it just vibed. <laughs> it vibed? That is amazing. Wasn't it adorable? I was literally listening to them and I was vibing, right? I was I was rocking myself. And then I see the owl and he was doing the exact same thing. He was just, oh yeah, what's up? <laughs> he was having a great old time. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't it adorable? <laughs> God, I want to be an owl. I don't want to be one. I just want to have one. I want it to vibe to all the songs I sing to myself when I'm alone. When you're alone? Mm-hmm. What do you listen to when you're alone? I don't. You don't I just listen? Sing. You just sing. Mm-hmm. What do you sing when you're alone? There's a lot of Sia. Sia? Sia Furler. Like like Chandelier Sia? Yeah. Like one of the better Christmas albums in a really long time. The best Christmas album. Are we going to make cookies this year? We didn't do it last year and I felt kind of sad. Do you want to? Can we make cookies? Are you actually going to make them or are you going to wait till they're done and eat them? I think we know what I meant. (laughs) That's it. No more break. It's over. It's done. It's gone. Finished. Finit. Now, Jacob, spin the wheel. I can't think of another word, so I'm going to spin the wheel. Do it. Fin. All right. Oh, that's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these mail-ins have been uh, pretty odd. This one's not bad. This one's not odd at all. Worst dentist experience. Oh God. I mean, none of them were great. I mean, all of them, right? Like, 
You know, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go first, and mine's gonna be a twofer. Okay. So number one, those bitches, not even the dentist, it's the fucking like- The technicians? Technicians, yeah, the fucking nurses mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck they are, who just take absolutely no care of my gums when they're shoving that giant piece of plastic in my cheek to take those fucking x-rays. Well, yeah, and they've got their giant ass nails under those gloves. Jesus Christ, right? Like shoving they're just Shoving them right through. into your gums, yeah. yeah. My gums are like a damn near bleeding when I'm done getting my x-rays done of my teeth. And of course, you know, they're perfect, always. <laughs> but then worst dentist experience, I would say every single one. And you wanna know why? There's one specific reason, right? And it's not because, oh, he poked my gums and it hurt really bad, no. It's because they always ask, what flavor do you want? For the cleaning? For the cleaning, what flavor do you want? And me, being a dumbass kid, chose something other than mint every single time. Bubble gum? Bubblegum. Cherry. Cherry. Strawberry. Fucking grape. I never chose grape. <laughs> That's disgusting. No one should ever choose grape. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You chose something other than mint. Naively hoping that it would be okay. That it would be delicious. And it was always the worst. And you could not get that taste out of your mouth for fucking hours. Disgusting. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate you, dentists. Don't give us options. Don't give children options. Just put fucking mint in their mouth, okay? Hey, do you want spearmint or winter green? That is a fair question. Peppermint? Maybe, fair question. Or mojito? I don't know. Those are all reasonable. Citrus, but mint. Don't don't offer a child fucking lemonade or some shit. I don't oh, fucking know. Oh, was that an option? I, just, I don't know, I'm just making shit up. But <laughs> awful, every single time. I hated you, dentist. I had like seven dentists, so I don't remember their names, but. Yeah, Burbank, the dentist industry in Burbank, California was volatile. It was booming. Well, it was sure, booming. it was booming for some, but like the competition was intense. Yeah. If you couldn't keep up, you were out. You were gone. My worst dentist experience, my very worst, was having to wear braces for six years. Oh, I recall. Because they kept changing ownership of the building. And like every new orth like orthodontist I got was like, I don't know, had this weird sense of having to measure their dicks to the last orthodontist who set up a plan for me. Rather than just finishing that plan, they were like, no, I know how to do it better. And they'd tack on another two years. And of course they changed ownership two times. Yeah. So three different orthodontists were like, no, my dick is bigger. And I had to wear braces for six years. It sucked. That does suck. Hated it. Remember when you would go to the orthodontist and they would shove that fucking like putty thing in your fucking mouth. Yes, you felt like you were gonna suffocate? Yes, because you can't fucking breathe. You can't touch anything with your tongue. Like you have to stay perfectly still and you can't breathe. It's horrible. It's just, it's it's awful. I hate you. If you, if you grow up, if you're listening <laughs> to this podcast, okay, and you're in school to be a dentist, fuck you. You're the worst. You know what? The what? English have the right idea. Yeah, who gives a shit about dentistry? Just deal with bad teeth because yeah. honestly they suck. Yeah, dentists suck. I don't think I don't think anyone else, any other country in the world cares so much about straight teeth or whatever, like we do in the United States. Like, look, don't get me wrong, my teeth are fucking perfect, right? My parents paid a lot of money for them, mm -hmm. and I'm grateful. But I fucking hate the dentists, and I fucking hate the orthodontists. I hate all of them. Mm -hmm. They're disgusting. Yeah, every single new orthodontist was like, in two years, you'll be done. And I was like, fantastic, put the braces on me. And then they changed ownership at the last minute and they were like, no, they're doing it wrong. This is the right way. Two more years. They just wanted your money. Yeah, of course they did. 
They were taking mom and dad for a ride and I suffered the consequences. Yeah. Not the financial ones, but the physical ones. Yeah. It sucked. There was also that time. I mean, I feel like everybody has a really strange, unpleasant experience with like laughing gas and stuff. I never had laughing gas. You Did you ever have your wisdom teeth removed? No, I still got my wisdom. Remember, I have, I have one less molar than the average person. So my wisdom teeth just slipped right in. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had... I only had three wisdom teeth extra, but they had to knock me out to take them out. Uh huh. I mean, I don't know if they had to. What do I know? But they did. They knocked me out. And that was also a very strange experience. You know, literally one second I was laughing at something, something that didn't make any sense, you know, like the fire poker. Sure. I looked over at the fireplace and there was this poker next to it and I thought it was so funny. Uh-huh. And I started laughing. And then I looked down at like, I don't know, the flower design on the rug and started to cry. And then I fell asleep. (laughs) It was the weirdest experience. Yeah. It was very emotional. I never had any sort of gas. I had lidocaine. I had a root canal when I was like fucking 11 or something. Mm -hmm. So like I got lidocaine, which was the most intimidating fucking thing in the world. Because of the giant needles they take to your gums. Why the fuck? Why is this needle so fucking massive? And like the, 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 the tube that the fluid is in is so fucking massive. Huge. And they got to shove it into the back of your mouth in order to do this. Uh-huh. And like, you know, it, it really didn't hurt. It was a very small pinch. Uh-huh. But it's so intimidating. Because of how long the needle is. Like, it almost doesn't matter where your mouth, like, where in your mouth they're going to inject. It could be right up front. The needle doesn't have to be that long. They'll still use the same needle for the same thing. Yeah. So you're like, fuck, are you going to put that entire needle, like, in between my front ass teeth? Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, fuck you if you're a dentist <laughs> doing fucking surgeries and putting those fucking hung ass needles in my in my mouth. I do I do appreciate having nice teeth though. I do too. I love them. Thanks. Thanks mom and dad. Thanks dentists and orthodontists. Thousands of dollars. <laughs> and orthodontists. Well, it is time for for my story about sports. So, kind of similar to you, not a fan of sports. I don't like watching sports. It's fine if you go to a sport a sporting event. It's fun. You're there. You're you kind of feeling the energy of the crowd. Um, but other than that, not a fan. So I leaned on that, right? I loved feeling the energy of the crowd. I loved being in a stadium. I loved being in a, at a big event, right? It's fun. Just like, oh, so many people had fun every single time there's a sporting event, but not every time, only sometimes. Are there disasters? Oh my gosh. Yes. I have four disasters for you. Each one grows, okay? In intensity? Yes. Or like body count? Body count. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. We're starting with the smallest. We're going to end with the largest. All right. Yes. Keep that in mind. Okay. The first one we'll be talking about is in 1902. It's known as the Ibrox disaster. There's apparently a a stadium in Glasgow called the Ibrox Stadium. Mm -hmm. And on April 5th of 1902, there were, give or take, 68,000 people gathered in the stadium and they were there to watch Scotland versus England in a championship soccer match, right? Soccer now, or football for you South Americans, Europeans, Asians, Australians, Literally Africans, everyone else okay? besides America. All of you guys, all right? Because <laughs> we call it soccer, all right? Anyway, um, so back in 1902, the stands of the of the stadium didn't really have to follow such rigorous um rules uh, when it came to building them 
There were there wasn't much of a code. Yeah, not much. Just it looks good. Thumbs up, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so in the Ibrox uh, Stadium, the West Tribune Stand is what it was called. Um, basically, just a section of the stadium uh, had been rebuilt because it was, you know, considered either unsafe or old or whatever. So they rebuilt it and they rebuilt it with wooden planks supported by steel girders. That sounds pretty sturdy. Steel girders sound very sturdy. And what you don't know, because, you know, we weren't alive in 1902, is this was actually the cheaper option of constructing almost anything. Oh, no. Especially a large terrace. So the 36,000 people that would be sitting on it we're sitting on quite possibly the least safe stadium seats <laughs> currently in existence. Um, so there was a surveyor that came and looked at the stadium and thought, this is great, good for service, you're good to go. But, so they they had they got the all clear, they were ready to go. Mm -hmm. but there was a reporter who worked for a local newspaper who had reported that this was not true, that they looked at this and they, they made the assessment and put this in the paper before this event happened, that this stadium was not safe, that it was going to collapse, if not at this event, then eventually, right? Oh my gosh, okay. So unfortunately for this event, it rained the night before. Oh no. And if we recall, this was a wooden structure with steel girders. Now, the heavy rain caused the wood to become soft. Right. Okay, so it was unable to obviously support the weight of thousands of people sitting on top of it. So, roughly 51 minutes into the soccer match. Oh no. Okay. This the, is in Scotland, you said? This is in Glasgow. I don't exactly know where that is. Glasgow, let me look it up real quick. It's in Scotland. Scotland, there you go. So this is in Scotland, yes. Um, 51 minutes into the match, the back of the stand collapsed. Okay. Completely gave it. Oh no. So, these are sports stands, right? There's nothing underneath anything. The back of the stand is the highest portion of it's the It's the stand. highest portion. There's nothing underneath it. The only thing you can look forward to on your way down is the ground, which is about 40 feet below. Oh no. Okay. So hundreds and hundreds of people fell immediately. 25 people died. Uh-huh. 517 were injured. Some of them like very seriously. Um, they had called the match to a halt obviously, but the owners feared that if they abandoned the game, that the supporters would rush to the exits and would slow the rescue work of the site. Okay. So they decided to keep the game going. That's not terrible logic. No, no, it's, it's, it actually makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Like, seems kind of cold in, in the moment, but it makes a lot of sense. They kept the game going. Sure. After the match was over, both of the teams and the firms, associations or whatever, agreed that the the game would be like kind of disqualified. Yeah. And they would have a rematch. Mm -hmm. That like the results of that game don't matter. Sure. Um, and they hosted another game and all the proceeds for that game went for a disaster fund for all the families of all the people that were died, that died and were injured. Um, and then obviously the United Kingdom went ahead and they banned the framework of wood and steel girders for stadiums. <laughs> That's right. So That's this, a good call. This would never happen again. That's a good call, I think. That was the Ibrox disaster okay. of 1902. 25 deaths, you said? 24? 25 people died. Okay. Okay. So Ibrox, 1902. Back to Ibrox, 1971. Oh, no. <laughs> the exact same stadium. That's right. 
That's right. Two disasters would happen at the Ibrox Stadium. So another, like, big ol' rivalry soccer match was going down, um, just like in 1902. In 1971, it was the Rangers and the Celtic, which I'm pretty sure is England and Scotland. Okay. So uh, the Rangers, the team that is, or their their team, whoever owns their team, was given a warning of why, what might happen about 10 years earlier. Because in September of 1961, two people actually died when a, a they call them a crush, okay. occurred in a stairway. So it was- Is that this like is a, an excess amount of people? Yes, like people were crushed to death by other people. So there's a passageway that led to like a, one of the nearest exits. And in 61, everyone tried to leave at the same time. And because of the way that these exits were designed, two people were crushed and were killed. Like, like trampled? Yes. Wow. Yes. So this happened again in 67 and in 69. No one died in these times, but people were injured, right? So you'd think they'd learn their lesson. And they did. They spent around 150,000 euros to make improvements to the stadium so that this problem would be dealt with. They never have to worry about it again. Okay? Mm-hmm. On Saturday, uh, January 2nd of 1971. Maybe they should have worried about it again. Maybe they should have because they packed this stadium with 80,000 people. Okay. Now, it was obviously two rival teams, all right? It was the Rangers and the Celtic, and the Celtic took the lead 1-0 in the 90th minute. <gasps> now, I don't know if you know anything about soccer. Soccer runs 90 minutes plus overtime. So, like, game's basically over. So they were at an impasse the entire time until the end. The 90th minute, a score, uh, someone scored a goal. Yeah. And so one team was clearly going to be the winner because obviously they were both playing so evenly matched that the next, you know... Even if the overtime lasted six minutes or something, it was probably nothing going was going to happen. Yeah, odds are. So hundreds of of Rangers supporters began to just leave, right? Because they were all disappointed or whatever. Except that a soccer player or football player, Colin whatever I don't know how to pronounce his name, he scored. He was on the Rangers and he scored a goal. So they're tied now. They're tied now. So this caused a whole lot of ruckus. A stampede of fans. The the Rangers fans that were disappointed and were leaving were now excited and rushing back. Um, so it's hypothesized. They don't know exactly what caused the initial crush to begin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But it's it's hypothesized that a father was carrying his child on his shoulders. Oh no. This child must have slipped and fallen. Oh no. Which caused a chain reaction of a pileup, yes. Now, many of the of the 66 people that died, oh. many of them were in fact children. Oh my God. The youngest being an eight-year-old. No. That's right. Um, after the disaster, the government looked into the safety situation, right? Obviously there's something going on. Um, the Ibrox Stadium was had its capacity reduced to 44,000. They cut it in half. They cut it from 80,000 to 44,000. Essentially, so, yeah. So, probably a good call. Essentially 50% less. A Scottish judge had ruled this a disaster. He released his findings in 72, blah, blah, blah. This led to, like, all sorts of, like, stadium Legal. safety procedures yeah. and stuff, which, yeah. you know, good. Um, now, obviously, the majority of the victims, they died of traumatic asphyxia. Poor mm -hmm. guys. Um, Sheriff James Irvine Smith 
ruled that the accident was because of negligence by the Rangers football team, awarding damages to the family who died in the disaster, the mm-hmm. families who died in the disaster. Or family um, members. The club did not fight. They did not lawyer up. They did not argue. They did not dispute. They paid it, and they were they went on to be sued 60 more times, and they just paid it. Okay. So they, they ate their mistake. It, that's not a bad choice, PR-wise, you know? PR-wise, that was very good. Yeah. Next, we got the Hillsborough. Hillsborough? How's it spelled? Like that. Hillsborough. The Hillsborough. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. The Hillsborough disaster. That's right. I'm scared. Remember I said these get worse. I know. <laughs> so this is 1981. Or sorry, 1989. Okay. This would this would become known as the worst sporting disaster ever to occur on British soil. Okay. Okay. They so, get pretty passionate about their sports over they, there. They they love their their soccer slash football. They like their do they have rugby? I thought they did. They got rugby. Uh-huh. uh-huh. What then what about their cricket? I don't know that cricket calls for so many fans. I mean, I wouldn't really wouldn't know. Do they have polo? Maybe maybe they play polo. <laughs> maybe that's it. Okay. So Liverpool was was playing against Nottingham Forest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry, English listeners. <laughs> it just it sounds like a Robin Hood story. <laughs> so uh, they were sorry. The football association, again, this means soccer for you Americans, association um, was apparently trying to look for like a neutral venue where they would host the semifinal of the FA Cup. I don't know, maybe like FIFA annual cup. I don't fucking know. FA Cup. The FA Cup, eh? In it. That's <laughs> the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, so in 1981, there was a slight crush. Remember we learned about the crush? We learned, we what, learned that what means. We learned what crush means to yes. the UKers. There was a slight crush that a happened. A slight one? Just a slight one. Okay. Not not big enough to be on the list, right? Okay. A slight crush happened at the Hillsborough Stadium. Um and so that knocked them out of the runnings to be a venue for a semifinals. Because and of the crushing? There was a crushing. But in 87, they had made many changes. Safety right? changes? Specifically the Leppings Lane end was no longer one big concourse. These are words I don't understand. <laughs> don't ask. I assume it means one big pathway. Basically, instead of one area with three pens, they divided it into five pens. So you have, and I'm assuming pens are like areas that people go into, kind of like where <laughs> animals would go into. Sure. Um, they removed a crush barrier from the access tunnel, which would allow fans to enter the pens more efficiently, right? Um, when everything was was finally done in 87, there were still reports of overcrowding. The, the Leeds fans, right, uh, had complained there's a lack of organization, that they're not ready, whatever. They, there was a lack of policing within the stadium no direction being given by security or anything like people just had to kind of figure their shit out on their own and unfortunately no one gave a shit because the stadium was in fact chosen to be the semi-final host for the 1989 fa cup okay so chief superintendent brian mole was a big fan of pranks ah and he jokes. was he was a prankster that's right so him as well as numerous officers in his stadium, uh, got in trouble. They were disciplined. 
what and they did, were all fired for and what? Gone. For what did? What uh, did just pranks. Just, I don't know. Okay. Just, just absurd little pranks. Okay. I'm sure. And because of this, they had promoted brand new officer, Chief Superintendent David David Duckenfield. Mm. Okay, he was going to take over, and his very first game would be the semi-final FA Cup from living for against for living Liverpool and Nottingham Forest. Okay. Quite possibly the largest game that this stadium would see in years. Okay. So poor choice. Very poor choice. <laughs> so. It's apparently normal for them to like segregate as far as as far as teams, um, like the fans of teams. Um, they will. I, I think our own stadiums do the same. They don't. They don't. Actually, no. I thought they did. Okay. Well, I mean, it would make sense to me if they did. Because people would. get really fucking people, volatile. People fight all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, people fight a lot more in soccer, and so they take it very seriously. So like, okay. if you're if you're wearing colors of one team, you are not allowed in this this section. You go to this section. Okay. And so on and so on. So the Liverpool FC. I'm pretty sure that's like the soccer like club. The football club. Football club. Oh wow, look at that. Um, they had just shy of thirty thousand people that were going to be attending the event. Now the stadium could only support. 24,256. So they were for, for push, their section. They were pushing it by about 6,000 5,800 people. Yeah. It's quite a bit of people. Mm. Um now they had requested for a larger area, right? They're like we got a lot of fans. We need we need more space. They were denied. The stadium said no. Okay. Okay. Now a combination of factors led to the Liverpool supporters arriving slightly later than the security and police had planned, okay? Okay. They still had plenty of time to enter the stadium, right? Before the game. Had they had the proper amount of employees working. Oh. They did not. So, usually there were three trains that would bring, that would go from Liverpool to Sheffield, right? Which is where the stadium is. But for some reason, on this day, there was only one. One train, not mm -hmm. three, meaning Everyone's coming at one one time and not in the course of three 15-minute, you know, periods. Yeah. We'll call them. So fans were obviously trying to get into the stadium immediately because the game is going to start. Soccer waits for no one. It's going to begin when it begins. In fact, officers um, radioed. They called and said, hey, we need to delay the game because we got 30,000 people out here that are not inside. And they were denied. The superintendent said no. The game, the show must go on. So basically, they're saying, "Hey, don't start the game because we've got thirty thousand people out here who will storm the gates and trample each other, definitely killing people in order to have access to this game as it starts." Yes. Please don't start. So not only were there multiple entrances, but they even opened up specifically exit only like tunnels to let people in because like they just needed people to go in, but. They didn't, like I said, they didn't have enough employees. And so people were unable to guide them towards areas that don't look like entrances, but are. Okay. So everyone, or a lot of people are going into like these same tunnels together, mm -hmm. right? So because no direction was offered, obviously, like I said, they filled up those, those tunnels um, and were just kind of forced to figure out their own way in the stadium. Now, the front of these tunnels stopped Okay, because at the front of the tunnel is the, the stadium, is, is the field. So it stops and you gotta turn left or right and you gotta go up and do whatever. 
So right at the beginning of the match, it started at 3 p.m. At 3.05, someone shot a goal, hit a crossbar, whole big, okay, I don't watch a lot of soccer, so I don't know what that means, but uh, it, was, it was very hot. Everyone was very interested. On the edge of their seats, it sounds like. Most not even in their seats. Whoa. Because my, remember, they're, they're walking in, and so instead of walking up to their seats, they stopped to watch. Okay. And everyone wanted to watch as well. Mm. Which leads to a crush. Oh no, not another as crush. As we'll learn, yes. So remember I said at 3.05 is when that, that goal was shot at? Yeah. At 3.06, the crush began. Oh, okay. Okay? So people are literally lifting each other up and over. Like, to, like helping oh, people You're about out. to be stampeded. You are about to be murdered. Yeah. Right now, by your fellow man, you're you're not even by the rival team. Like your own homies are about to crush you. Truthfully, that is much more like humanitarian than I expected from sports fans. Yes. So the police immediately tried to go and stop the match, and even as holes were being ripped into the fence in front of the pens, and fans began spilling into the field. Into right? the field. Into their spill. They they broke it. What? They're, there's so much pressure, they broke it. They're falling in to the field, okay? So the police tried to put a stop or put a place to stop all of these Liverpool fans from apparently reaching the Nottingham Forest fans. Now, this is the that's from the police statements. They said that this happened because Liverpool fans were so angry that they were trying to charge and attack the Nottingham Forest fans. That sounds very um, sports stadium-like to me. Yes. So obviously many people began becoming injured. Yeah. Some began dying. Some were crushed. Crushed, some would say. So they called ambulances, okay? 44 ambulances arrived at the stadium, okay? Because it's a big incident. Everyone sent everyone. 44 ambulances arrived, but only one was allowed to enter the stadium. What? That's right. Police prevented the others from driving onto the field. They didn't want anyone driving on the field. They let one drive on the halt field. Halt the game, idiots. 14 of the 96 victims of this disaster made it to a hospital. 94 people died on that day. No! The youngest being 10 years old. The oldest, no. the oldest being 67. Oh. Four days later, 14-year-old uh, ended up dying once his family turned off the life support. And four years later, in 1993, the 96th victim, T Tony, who had been in a vegetative state for four years. No! His family turned off the artificial feeding and hydration system. Oh, that's so sad. And he died. Yes. Fuck you. 96 Forgive people. For giving me shit. For my serial killer story. Yeah, a lot of people dying. Wow. Um, on top of that, 766 people suffered serious enough injuries to go to hospitals, <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. Um, obviously, there were many more that suffered injuries and apparently tens of people, so somewhere between 10 and 90 people, had actually committed suicide just a couple years after because apparently they had survivor's guilt. What? Yeah. Well, because they crushed someone. 
<laughs> and apparently felt so guilty that they killed themselves. Uh, okay. Like, that makes sense. I get it. If you remember, if you literally recall stomping on someone's face because that's how desperate you were to see the... The not even soccer goal? He missed. He hit the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, I guess I get it. I'd be pretty... I'd be pretty depressed after something like that. I would I would definitely have trouble valuing my own life. Yes. So, after the disaster, obviously, they launched an inquiry sure. as to what happened, okay. right? Now, this inquiry was launched by Lord Justice Taylor. Oh. Okay. Now, apparently his report completely exonerated the Liverpool supporters from any blame and declared that the main reason for the disaster was a failure of police control, okay? Okay. So the fans aren't to blame. It's the stadium and the police to blame. That's what he's saying. I disagree, but okay. Well, there should have been proper procedures to make sure that. Now, my Jessica, they had crush bars, okay? They called them that. Do you want to know why? Because crushes apparently happen all the fucking time. They should have known this was going to happen if they pushed 30,000 people down like three tunnels. Listen, I get it. <laughs> they had a hand in it, a big one. That's yeah. not something I'm denying. What I'm saying is that I'm pretty sure the average fucking person should just know not to shove people out of the way so that you can watch a sports game when you know you're, you know, literally a part of a stampede and people die all the time. It wasn't like it was new to the people of that of that time in the, at this point in the story. Right. They knew what it was. Hey, you just stepped on, in, you know, a fucking eight-year-old's face in order to see this goal. Was it really worth it? Apparently not. Like, I, I would hope that the, you know, the common man would have common sense. Right. That's what I would hope. Well, just like you, there's a newspaper called The Sun. They're kind of a tabloid, if okay. you will. Okay. And they said that the Liverpool, fan, Liverpool fans were entirely to blame. Okay. They said that- Were they Nottingham Forest fans? Is that why? I don't know. But they said that Liverpool fans were telling lies, that they not only murdered but they stole from the dead. They abused police officers, urinated on them. Obviously, a boycott on this newspaper started like pretty soon after. <laughs> um, yeah, because it sounds they like went they're, very extreme. they're just trying to make people angry. Um, but didn't matter, story stuck. <laughs> um, apparently, people are believe that the, the South Yorkshire police used this story and kind of aided in like a cover-up type of thing. Um, so that they could create a narrative that the Liverpool supporters had turned up late because they were drunk. All of them. All 30,000. <laughs> um, they even went to the stadium to take photos of the bins and the grounds or whatever to, full, to prove that there was all these beer cans everywhere, right? Um, they went as far as to get alcohol, uh, blood alcohol levels, samples, taken from every victim, including that 10-year-old boy by the way. Um, so the original thing had said that all uh, deaths were accidental. That's what their conclusion was. This was all accidental. No one was killing anyone No one on is purpose. to blame. No one's to blame. This was all accidental. Obviously, the families of the victims were fucking pissed. I right? would be. They were like, um, what the fuck? Um, apparently, like most or not most, some of them refused to even pick up the death certificates of their relatives because they said, I don't want my child's death certificate to say accidental death, like he was murdered. Okay. Right? All this stuff. Anyway, it wasn't until uh, 2009, that's 20 fucking years later, Fuck. that they reopened an investigation, right, into the disaster where they looked up, apparently had new evidence or whatever, 
And in 2012, they released their findings, which they noted that police had attempted to cover things up and shift the blame onto the supporters, the specifically the Liverpool supporters, um, including a police alteration of 164 witness statements. Alteration? They changed. Okay. This, that means like they interviewed 164, probably more, but they changed. Their testimony. 164 of them. Like the police wrote down 164 lies. <gasps> what? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, all of them removing negative comments regarding the South Yorkshire police. Anyone who said something bad about them, their testimony was changed. Wow. According to this finding. Um, wow. They also found that at least 41 of the people that died could have been saved if the emergency response had been better. Meaning, if you had let the ambulances go into the field. What do you mean? Do you mean more than one? More than one. Why? God. Were Was there more than a single person in need? Maybe, right? Anyway, this panel eventually found that all of these deaths were unlawful killings and all of the victims were considered, you know, that's at least unlawfully man, killed. Like, that's at least manslaughter. All of I them. mean, there's not much they can, they can't prove who manslaughtered who or whatever. Sure. But you, I mean, in a, in a mass kind of way, you can determine that it's manslaughter. People were willingly trampling others in order to view a sports game. Yeah. Like that is the least you could conclude. That's manslaughter 100%. Mm -hmm. I realize I'm hurting someone, but I I don't care about the consequences. Ridiculous. Yeah. The last one. Oh, no. If you recall, that was 96 people died. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So the last one. This takes place in Lima, okay? Peru? Possibly. Uh, in 1964. Okay. Okay, so a little while ago at the Estadio Nacional ah. Stadium. Yes. In Peru's, this is Peru's national stadium in the city of Lima. Mm -hmm. So obviously this soccer match or this football match was very important because the winner of this match between Peru and Brazil would lead to which team is going to go to the Summer Olympics, okay, in 1964, which apparently was in Tokyo, okay? Okay. So this is a big game. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Peru had tied against Brazil or whatever the fuck. Or it was Peru versus Argentina not Brazil. Okay. But the winner of that match would go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. The other team would lose and get absolutely nothing. So. Meaning only one of them, either Argentina or Peru, is going to the Olympics in Tokyo. Uh-huh. Okay. Only one. So 53,000 people were into the stadium. Okay. Now, mind you, this is over 5% of the entire population of Lima. Yeah. So this is a lot of fucking people. Yeah. For them. They're probably not prepared for this. Sure. Um... So even though they were the home team in Peru, Argentina took the lead in the soccer game, okay? Now, obviously, this game is going back and forth, okay? And it wasn't until a complicated-ass situation happened where a goal was scored by Peru, but a referee had declared the ball a foul and he, he disallowed the goal because he considered a foul to have happened before then. Okay. So the, the Peruvians were pissed. They were not pleased. They were very much not happy. They really wanted their Olympic teams to go to Tokyo. Because that goal meant winning winning and going to the Olympics, okay? So eventually, this man 
last name Cuenca or or Cuenza. Okay. Cuenza, we'll call him. He ran onto the field to express his disappointment to the referee, right? Naturally. While he ran out onto the field. I'm sorry, who was this person again? Just a fan. Just a rando yeah. running out to tell the referee what's what. Just to tell the referee that he made a shitty call. Okay. Yes. So police grabbed Kuensa. Yeah. They threw him to the ground. Sure. And they started beating the shit out of him. Okay. Okay. That makes sense to me. They began kicking him, mm. beating him. Oh. They called the dogs who oh. began tearing at his clothes. Ooh, that's, ooh, too far. No need. Now, obviously the the crowd kind of lost it. They're like, what the fuck? Like, sure. you're Peruvian police and you're protecting that piece of shit referee and you're attacking <laughs> one of your own. Okay. So the crowd got fucking pissed. Oh no. Yes. So they started rioting. Okay. Police began tear gassing everyone. Okay. <laughs> okay. People in the stands began running towards a single tunnel. Oh no. <laughs> so There's going to be a crushing. <laughs> so that they could escape. No. <laughs> so unfortunately, the, at the end of this tunnel was a locked gate. No. Oh no. Sports fans, this is why I, I hate you. I know. <laughs> oh no. So the gates um, apparently were closed because they didn't want people sneaking in to the game. Sound logic. <laughs> but uh, unfortunate. They could for not them. have anticipated the riots. That's true. Yes. So people were, were pinned against that gate and other people. No one could go either direction. Everyone began being crushed. So apparently the pressure from the bodies being pushed up against this gate yeah. caused it to break and fall. Uh huh. Right? Now, obviously. A lot of people died and were injured in that initial crush um, from hemorrhaging or asphyxia. Or now, having their fucking skulls crushed and cracked from people's feet stomping on them, yeah. Now that wasn't the end of the disaster. Of course it wasn't, Jacob. Because after that gate opened, those who were alive and were running over all of the dead bodies yeah. um, began to engage in a battle with armed police. What? In the streets. From the sport thing? They're still pissed. Because of the Olympics? Yes, because now their team isn't gonna make it because to the Olympics. Because people they, don't, people they don't know aren't gonna go to Tokyo? Yes. Oh my God. So officers began opening fire. I get it, makes sense to me. So in this number that I'm gonna give you, this is not including anyone who died from a bullet. Okay. No one who died from a policeman mm -hmm. is listed in this number. All right. These are strictly crushing killings. Okay. 328 <laughs> deaths. Oh my God. Obviously the number is insanely higher if you consider all the gunshot wounds that happened, but- I'd start firing too. 328 deaths. My God. That's right. So, you know, Peru being the good government they are, they declared a seven day period of mourning. <laughs> right? Um, the oh, flags were flown at half mast. For a whole, um, a whole seven days. Yeah, all public engagements were canceled. Okay. <laughs> and they uh, they even lowered um, eventually over the course of decades the amount of people being allowed in the stadium down to 42,000. From? Uh, from 54. Uh, oh, <laughs> it took decades for that? It took decades. Interesting. That's right. Um, Fuck you, Peru. Now, in 2010, they've added 
7,371 hospitality boxes. What are those for? I don't fucking know what that means. <laughs> I'm assuming like first aid kits or some shit. Um, they have- In case someone's crushed. They also added parking underground uh, so that there wouldn't be a rush to the outfield or whatever. And they were they did this because they were promised the 2015 Pan American Games. Um, but apparently the Pan American Games said, fuck you, and they went to Toronto instead. So they spent all this money for nothing and they were shit on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, sucks, but you suck too. 328 people were crushed to death by other people. I don't get it. I Insane. don't understand. Insane. It's ridiculous. What the fuck do you do? Apparently stay in your seat. Oh my God. Just wait until people fucking calm down. Insane. Insane. Also, you know what I heard happened at a sports stadium? What did Not you too hear? far from us in the DFW area. Huh. Apparently. Dallas-Fort Worth, you mean? Yes, I do. There was a, a dad and his daughter who went to like a concert at a stadium or, or a sports game or something. Okay. Um, and the daughter, maybe 17 to 20, somewhere in there. Okay. She went to go to the bathroom and never came back. And so obviously the dad's like, what the fuck? Excuse like me? Like my daughter is gone. Yeah. Um, they found her like weeks later. Uh, what? Weeks later in a hotel in Arkansas where someone had kidnapped her, taken her there. Apparently they like did all sorts of rape and stuff before they and were going to sell her, her into, <gasps> into the trafficking world. Oh my God. Wow. At a big sport, sporting event. So there's a lot of people. Or a sporting event or a concert or whatever. There's a lot of people in this area and someone was still able to kidnap someone else. Great. Insane to me. It's, Insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Watch out for yourself out there. It's a crazy world. Yeah. I, I am only more convinced that you should just stay home. I mean, sure. Just watch it on TV. But yeah, crushings. That's a big thing. Yeah. It happens all the time. It's it. It drives it's not, me It's not insane. often that like more than a couple of people die. Right. Like it's really not often mm -hmm. anymore, but it happened a lot. No, it's that mania. It's that like mob mentality. You stop thinking like a person. You start thinking like an animal. You're a stampeding wildebeest. You you may as well be a cow. What, you don't think if your favorite sports team was <laughs> gonna make a goal that you wouldn't step over eight and 10 year olds? I wouldn't. And 67 year old men? I wouldn't, personally. Huh. Yeah, like I, I enjoyed the sports games I went to, but I specifically never went to the more popular ones. Huh. I went and I enjoyed a game, it was nice and low key. Talk to some people. I drank some beer. I had some hot dogs and it was a great time. Yeah. I remember I went to a couple of at the Dodger Stadium. Obviously, we're from Los Angeles. So mm -hmm. like we went to Dodger games and at Dodger Stadium, they were playing the Giants, right? San Francisco Giants, biggest rivals. They hate each other. And San Francisco is close enough where they their fans can drive down. They're driving out here. Yeah. So they do. And so the fan is like the the stadium is maybe like a. 30-70 split between Dodgers fans and Giants fans. Yeah. There is always fights and shit going down. Oh, like stabbing. You're in an area of nothing but blue. Yeah. And there's a dude in white, brown, and yellow yelling all sorts of slurs. Who's drunk? Uh -huh. Who's angry? And I remember being like maybe seven or eight years old watching this man getting the shit kicked out of him. Like, oh my God, until police came and beat the shit out of like eight people. <laughs> and then like arrested, I don't know, however many of them and took them all away. Yeah, it was insane. Come down hard on those people. Because I mean, look at what you, the stories you just told. Yeah. If it's not dealt with heavy handedly, 
people just turn into cattle and start tramp literally trampling on the bodies and faces of children and the elderly. But what? What are these fans thinking? That piece of shit's gonna see them almost sort of kind of make a goal but miss, <laughs> and I don't get to see it? I don't think so. I didn't work at all for this <laughs> position in the Olympics, but I'm really angry that they're not gonna get it, so yeah. now I'm gonna murder somebody? <laughs> I'm, I'm murdering. <laughs> when I read Crush, I was like, oh, they meant Crash. Like, oh, someone crashed or whatever. And I was reading it and reading it, and I was like, oh my God, no, they mean Crush. Holy fuck. They mean crush. People had their rib cages caved in, their heads crushed, and like their eye sockets broken. The fact that people were dying of hemorrhaging is insane. Means people's heels were sinking into their major organs. I fuck you for first of all for saluting major organs. That was awful of you. I'm. It's not even insensitive. It's just awful that you did it. I could have (laughs) been talking about anything, and I'd be angry at you. Well, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Damn. All right, I'm going to spin the wheel. Okay. My little skull got in the way. I know, I heard it. it. Yeah. I I don't think... almost dropped it. I don't think they heard it. They probably didn't hear it. Do it again. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it sounded like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have... You get to create a global holiday. Okay. What is it? How do you celebrate it? And when is it? That's a big question. There, there's a lot of a lot of commas in this question. Okay. Um, I know exactly what it would be. Okay. It would be July 28th. Okay. And it would be a re-celebration of Christmas. It would be Christmas in July. Do you mean it would be June 25th? Because that would be exactly six months before Christmas? No, I said what I said. It's July 28th. It would be 28th. Is, is the that's, mid-Christmas. That's what I said. <laughs> Okay. Interesting. (laughs) It would happen on the 28th of July and we would celebrate Christmas a second time. And we would like, like put up the lights again and everything would be red and green and there'd be like fucking snowflakes and shit like that. What's it called? Christmas in July. Christmas in July? Christmas in July. (laughs) Okay. So it's called Christmas in July and everyone celebrates the exact same way they would celebrate Christmas. Yeah. And we remember- Like presents and stuff? No, no presents. Stockings? No. Just the songs and the movies and shows. Okay. It's a super low-key yeah. global it's holiday. It's just like, let's remember a much happier, cooler time, physically, weather-wise. Does everyone still wear Christmas sweaters? They could, yeah. In July? Sure. Well, we would celebrate in rooms that are like really climate controlled. Okay. I was like, because in the Northern Hemisphere, that's hot as balls. Uh, right. And you wouldn't in that case. You would have to find like a climate controlled place to really celebrate or maybe wait till nighttime. Okay. I am making my own national holiday, my own international holiday. Global. Yeah. Global. It is three shots in day. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. music, laser show. (laughs) Oh, everything. Everything. Three shots in. You celebrate it. You got everyone gets fucking Jake and Jess fucking fake tattoos that they put on. They Uh get fucking t-shirts with our faces on them. Yeah. Um, Everyone, and I mean everyone, takes three shots. The children? Children. No. Adults, seniors. No. Everybody takes three shots. Oh, okay. You even gotta pour one in your dog's bowl, your cat's bowl, whatever you got, your fish bowl. Wow. Yeah, pour one out for all the homies that you've lost in the last year since you celebrated three shots in day. Okay. You pour one out for the homies. Um, But you also, you gotta drink. So now babies, 
they get an exception. They can get like three three fingers, <laughs> right? Like like a finger of whiskey in the gums. Right. One and then two and three. Very effective. Right? But if they're old enough to drink, I don't fucking know, Capri Sun, they're old enough to take a shot. Three shots to be exact. Wow. Wow. Now you being the parent, you get to you get to assess You have the final word on it. How how much goes into that shot. Sure. But legally. But legally you're obligated. They must take three shots of something. Three shots. Yes. Okay. If you're a cool parent, it's vodka. If you're a lame parent, it's like apple juice or something. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to make this, did I say February 10th? Because that's my birthday. Um, instead, I'm going to make this more about three shots in and less about me. I know. March shocker. 22nd. March. Is it 22nd or 20th? No, I don't remember. No, you I think can, it was 20th. March me. 20th. Every year, 320, you take three shots of at least... 20% alcohol. You know, that doubles up the alcohol intake in March. There's already St. Patty's earlier it's in like the month. three days before. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you're going to, you're going to celebrate St. Patrick's day. Then you're going to sober up. You're going to, you're going to take those next take couple of days off. to relax. Take the whole because week. Because three shots in day, you're going to go so much more ham. Wow. Yes. That's intense. Mm-hmm. We're going to be bigger than Oprah. <laughs> We're going to be bigger than the queen. The queen of what? The queen of England. Whoa. That's right. We're bigger. We're knighting people. Can we? I don't know. Who said we can't? Okay. First person we're knighting, Bill Murray. Sir Bill Murray sounds really cool. Does sound really cool. So I would love to knight Bill Murray. That's what we'll do every year. We knight 10 people. <laughs> <laughs> each. We each get, no, we each get to knight five people. That's better. Yes. Yes. We have to send an invitation out. If they decline it, which they have every right to do, we fucking execute them. <laughs> okay. You didn't hear that from me, but we do it. This is a part of the holiday you're imagining. Yes, of course. <laughs> so much fun and festivities. So meaning <laughs> accept the invitation or die. No one is saying that. You just did, I thought. If you refuse the invitation, which is your right, um, statistics show that you're going to disappear. So oh. don't, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to, I won't say it. You're going to Hillary Clinton on them. Oh, <laughs> no, they're going to disappear. <laughs> It'll be very obvious. It'll be very clear what happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a note written in like totally not their handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> I am dead. I wanted this. I have left Me. to another country. Goodbye. Yes. I don't know that it's actually the threats really made, you know? They're just I, implied. It's just kind of implied. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what else is implied? What else is implied? That if someone's listening to us right now, that they love us. So go ahead, listener, like, rate, subscribe, share this podcast. Everyone that you know, your teachers, you, your siblings, no, there's no need to your list, grandparents. There's no need to list every single person. Your they cousins. Know. Just share it everyone. with anyone you think would be a fan of our genre, which is comedy. And uh, thank you for joining us. You can check our website out at threeshutsin.com. That'll take you to all our social medias. We go live on Instagram every Friday at five, most Fridays at five, I should say. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to our patrons. You guys have been incredible. And this has been Three Shots In. What's the next episode about, Jake? Thank you for asking, Jessica. I had it right on hand. I saw that you did. The next topic is petty. Petty. Petty, petty. Petty. That is correct. Petty. Uh-huh. That's great. And I don't know if Jessica mentioned, in fact, I know she didn't, you patrons are in luck because we will be posting another poll where you can vote for the next movie that we will be watching for Three Shot Cinema. So look out for that. And if you'd like to join in and have a say in what we watch, subscribe to us on Patreon. 
We love you. Thank you guys for joining again. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Three shots No, that didn't work. No, it Three shots Okay. Okay.